You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Universalist. Please rise in body or spirit. Join me in singing our opening hymn, Lean on Me, 1021 in your teal hymnal. Good morning, everybody. 
My name is Jen Crow. I'm one of your ministers here at First Universalist, and I am so excited to be leading worship this morning with Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout, our Director of Worship Arts, and Amy K. Bryant, our Artist in Residence, with Sylvia Light in our chalice today. We're so grateful for Olu and John on tech, making everything work, Reverend Ashley, supporting our community online for everyone that has had a hand and a heart in preparing this space and this time for all of us to connect in person and online. And most importantly, I'm grateful to each and every one of you that is here in the sanctuary and who is joining us online. Being here together in all the ways that we can matters so very much, and I am glad that you're here. Now, some of you have heard me say I want us to get more comfortable saying those words to each other. I'm so glad you're here. So I'm going to invite us to practice just two times here. If you're here in the room, take a look around, and I'm going to invite us to say it together. If you're online in the chat, feel free to welcome each other there. Okay, the words are, I'm so glad you're here. All right, looking around at each other, here we go. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> All right. Nice job. All right, one more time. I'm going to invite those who are here in the sanctuary. We have a couple of cameras up there. I invite you, if you want, to turn to the cameras and say hi to the people online. I'm so glad you're here. Awesome. Nice job. It matters so much that we welcome one another with intention and joy because our being here in whatever way we are makes room for others to be here too. Now, you might be thinking that doesn't make any sense at all, that my being in a space makes more space, actually, for other people to show up. But it turns out that that is true. And there are a whole lot of ways that by our showing up, we make space for others to arrive too. Now, some of you might remember, we played a game a little while ago called Scoochie Butt. And it's not just an opportunity for me to say the word butt at church. Um, it, so we had five volunteers come and sit up here on this pew. Does anybody remember this? All right, does, do we have five people today? We have to do this kind of quickly if we're going to do it. But come on up. Just If you have the urge, just come on up. So... We started off, we said, let's put like five people on this pew, right? And we thought, well, that's probably a full pew, right? Actually, it's four. And we got, come on, let's go. If we got five, maybe we'll have six. And then we said, is there any way we could make more room by playing scoochy butt? Maybe moving ourselves a little closer, maybe getting creative. Could we have a couple more people come sit up on this pew? And can you all figure out how that's going to happen? How are we going to get a few more people up here? Anyone? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> there we go. That's right. So before you know it, there's more room than you expect. There's whole other layers of room you didn't know existed, right? We got people up high. We got people on the pew. Thank you all for your example. We got up to like 15 last time. I don't know if we want to. Anybody else want to try a couple more? Or are you feeling like we're at our limit today? Okay, all right. Thank you all for your recap with me. Oh. The thing is, we can often make a lot more room than we think we can. And by being brave, being the first one or two or three or five up there on that pew, it invites other people to do that too. You end up with a little magic and creativity and a big welcome, making way more space than you even knew was possible. When we show up, we make room for other people to show up too. Now, it was several years ago now that our congregation made a promise to be a place of sanctuary and refuge and welcome for immigrants and refugees to use our building not just for ourselves alone, but as a safe haven for people who had endured so much in search of a better life for themselves and their children. This summer, we welcomed Gustavo and Diabelis and their children, Mateo and Elijah, a family of four who had traveled all the way from Venezuela, seeking sanctuary and a safe place to be. They've been living with us here in our sanctuary apartment at church, a place that we built specifically to be for people just like them. 
Now, they arrived here after their long and difficult journey, and you might wonder, why Minneapolis from Venezuela? I certainly wondered that. And the reason why was because someone else they knew had come here first and had arrived here and had turned and said, hey, come on. Come be with us. We'll be the first ones that you know. We'll help you find your way. We'll be your community. So Gustavo and Diabellis and Mateo and Elijah have been here with us, and they have done exactly what was done for them. They have turned to those who are still there and have said, come, we will make room for you here. And just this weekend, uh, we are delighted to say that some more members of their extended family have safely arrived. After a long and treacherous journey, and that sanctuary apartment that was fitting four is now fitting eight. They, with a bit of magic and love and creativity, are making space that maybe they and we didn't even know was possible. When we show up, we make room for others to show up too. Here at First Universalist, we believe in the power of a love that will not let us go, a love that opens its arms so wide that no one is left outside the circle of its embrace, a love so powerful that it can change us and change our world. This kind of liberating love is a powerful force, and I believe it can, in fact, enact miracles here in our lives, in this world. So welcome to this community of love and hope. Welcome to this time of stories and song, connections and care. We are so glad you're here. And now, as we do every time we gather, we settle ourselves and arrive fully in this moment. And we come into rhythm with each other wherever we are. So in this moment, I invite you to make yourself comfortable, to settle yourself in. For me, I feel my feet on the floor. Take a moment to wiggle out anything that needs to get wiggled out. <laughs> and I invite you to join me in three on-purpose breaths together. Let's go. And now, all together, I invite Sylvia to come help us light our chalice flame as we center ourselves in our covenant and these chalice lighting words. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another.
Good morning again. It's so good to see each and every one of you. In these services uh, where we're all together as one, oftentimes we make sure to customize all of the words that we can, especially for those among us who are in families with young children. But that's not all that's, that's here. Is anybody, anybody uh, who lives by themselves in the house? Okay, anybody, anybody single? Ready to mingle or not? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I'm one of you. So, so everybody can use, everybody can use this, uh, this prayer that we're entering into right now, but this one is especially uh, tailored for my, uh, for my single and ready to mingle or not. Friends, I, I, I say that because I need to confess something to you, um, that I am one of the few, one of the um, non-shameful secret keepers of this fact. I am one of the people who thanks Alexa. <laughs> am I, I'm not alone? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm one of the people who thanks Alexa. So, for, for example, um, each, each night, my, my digital assistant in the kitchen tells me the weather report for the next day. Uh, let's, let's say it's February in Minnesota. So, um, so, in February in Minnesota, Alexa will say to me, tomorrow, it's going to be negative 758 degrees. <laughs> right? I say, thank you, Alexa. I didn't realize that this was an odd thing until I started doing that while I had company over. Tomorrow, it's going to be negative 4,000 degrees. Thank you, Alexa. Hmm. The person asked me why, and I had to sit back and think about it for a moment. Why do I thank Alexa? Is it because I think that a machine will hear me? Is it because, is it because I need to do this for myself or someone else? Is it because I'm trying to set an example? It's kind of all of those things. But at the core of it, the reason I thank Alexa is as a practice of gratitude. Of course, because it matters what we repeat. It matters what we say. It matters what we say over and over again. And so what I'm doing when I say, thank you, Alexa, is teaching myself how to be ready when I receive a gift to return a thank you. Yeah? The practice of gratitude is indeed that. It is a practice. And that's what we do when we pray. When we pray together, we're not just trying to access something out there. We are also teaching ourselves how to be ready with gratitude when we receive a gift. We're also teaching ourselves how to be ready to be compassionate when someone tells us, I'm in trouble. We learn how to say, you are not alone we are holding it together when someone says, I feel all by myself. That's a present no digital assistant can give you. You can give it to yourself, though. And we can weave it as a community. And so now in this time of prayer, let us take a few moments to give thanks Let's take a few moments to remember that we are not alone, that we are in need of others, and others are in need of us. If you don't think you need to learn that lesson, I'll remind you about the pandemic that happened. You are not alone, though. We are holding each other's stories together. So we'll start this way. Does anyone have anything to give thanks for?
Health. I heard health. Yes. Life. Yes. Kids and children. Yes. And clean water. And and money. Oh, you remember the last time we prayed all together like this in an all-in Sunday? And we were praying. We were, we were saying, where is the snow? Well, there's a little bit of snow on the ground. And there's snow on the roof. Yes, it's time to give thanks. Thank you, Alexa. <laughs> yes, your cousin who is home safe. Yes. And friends and parents. Yes. Food in the fridge, amen. Food in the cupboard, yes, indeed. Yes, I took, a, I took out a can of corn and a can of beans last night and made a salad that would blow your mind. I'm telling you, thank you. Yes, it was right out of the cupboard too, yeah, yes. This church, yes. Yes, yes, fantastic. Prayers do take this color sometimes. The color of thanks, the color of thanksgiving and exuberance. Yes. These are not our only stories, though. We have, we have trouble, too. We have mysteries. We have things we can't figure out. We have truths in our lives that make us sad, that make us, that make us feel not at our best. You are welcome here. You are very welcome here. Are there other things that you would have us pray for? Have the community hold with you. The circle's open. School. School. You are not alone. We are holding it together. Palestine. You are not alone. We are holding it together. A ceasefire. ceasefire. Say it with me. You are not alone. We are holding it together. Yeah. Still struggling with cancer. You are not alone. We are holding it together. Still struggling. Those struggling with addiction, you are not alone. We are holding it together. For grief, you are not alone. We are holding it together. Divorce, you are not alone. We are holding it together. Anxiety. You are not alone. We are holding it together. LGBT right. Let me add on to that. Q-Q-I-A. Right. Just, uh, just plus, 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 plus. You are not alone. We are holding it together. Yeah. Setting healthy boundaries with family. You are not alone. We are holding it together. <laughs> yeah. Say again, please. Supporting our youth and adolescents in their struggles, in their joys, in every moment of their lives. You are not alone, young people. We are holding it together. Yeah. Movement toward mindful consumption <laughs> for, the wor- for the work of our minds, uh, for, for the release of consumption. You are not alone. We are holding it together. For our ancestors then, whose dreams we are living, and for the generations to come, for whom we are living dreams, May we know that we are not alone. They are holding this with us. Their dreams and their possibility are right here in this room right now. And so in the company of all the generations, in the company of all beings, in the company of the young ones and the elders and everyone in between who form this community of prayer May none of us be far away from the remembrance that we are not alone. The ancestors are holding this with us. The generations to come 
are holding this with us. We are holding this together. Amen? Amen. May it be so. Breathe with me. Friends, Isabel is going to join me now on the chancel to share something with us about our foundation board in another way that we can connect and make more space. Ah, that's right on theme, isn't it? Make more space for each other and ourselves in the wider world. Morning, my name is Isabel Quas, and I'm currently the chair of the foundation board here at First Universalist. Ever heard of the actor Paul Newman? Not only was he famous for acting, but he was also a Unitarian Universalist and known for his big heart. He once said, if people knew how fun it was to give, a, to give their money away, they wouldn't wait until they were dead to do it. <laughs> and guess what? Our church's foundation board knows exactly what he meant. We have money to share, and we need your help to do it. Do you know a group or a nonprofit in our area that's making a big positive impact? Maybe they're helping people, fighting for racial justice, tackling climate change, or standing up for human rights. If you do, we're all ears. Our foundation board started in 1984 with one goal, to make our community a better place. We do this by giving money to small nonprofits, working with young leaders and communities that need a boost. Each year, we give away between 75,000 and 150,000. Nonprofits can receive anywhere between five to 20,000. We love supporting grassroots, boots on the ground nonprofits right here in the Twin Cities metro area. In fact, over the past six years, we've given away more than half a million dollars. So, how can you help? It's simple. <laughs> if there's an organization you think should get one of these grants, you can nominate them. But remember, the deadline for nominations is Sunday, February 4th. So we have pretty much the month of January. And your nomination could make a real difference. To nominate a nonprofit, you can find our submission form on the church's website under the Giving tab. And throughout January, we'll have an information table down in the social hall after each service where you can learn more about the foundation. We can't wait to see who you nominate. Together, we can make a big difference. Thank you. Every time we gather, we have the opportunity to engage in the spiritual practice of giving and receiving and growing together. This is what we are about. And like I said, when we gather, especially on Sunday mornings, we give and receive and grow together by sharing our resources with each other. Because we believe that when we share what we have, then everyone can have what they need. If this is a time when you need to receive, please let one of the ministers or staff know here at the congregation, we have funds here to help support you. And it is good and important, even when it's hard, to ask for the help that we need. And if this is a time when you are able to give, this morning's offering will be shared with Augsburg Fairview Academy. Augsburg Fairview Academy has been a faithful action partner of the churches for many years now, and Augsburg Fairview is a public charter high school that offers a teen and family-friendly atmosphere where students find themselves among people who care about them and their future. They are treated with trust and care. They encounter adults who are positive and strength-based, and they long to help them succeed. We hope you will give as generously as you're able this morning, whether it's online or in person. Will our ushers please come forward? friend in me 
I'm not sure if there are any other songs quite as likely to choke me up as that one. So <laughs> thanks, Amy. Anybody else watch Toy Story? <laughs> right? Oh. I tell you, I have had a lot of moments this week where I have found myself choked up kind of unexpectedly. One of them happened on New Year's Day, Monday, January 1st. I was watching something online and uh, I saw Billie Jean King. Anybody here remember Billie Jean King? Right? Thank you. Billie Jean King is 80 years old and a force to be reckoned with in the world. And I saw her out there in Toronto dropping the puck at the first ever game of the Professional Women's Hockey League. Right? There she was. Someone who is an icon in her own right, who in 1973 founded the Women's Tennis Association and created an organization that opened doors for women and has been fostering equity and inclusion and opportunity for over 50 years. And at 80 years old, is she done? No. <laughs> there she was in her purple power suit, heading out onto the ice and dropping that puck. I'll tell you, it choked me up to see her out there, to see her being honored, and also to see her doing what she's done her whole life, which is showing up, and by showing up, making space for others to show up too. Now, yesterday, I had another one of those moments. Yes, it's hockey-related. I was at the Minnesota home opener of the Professional Women's Hockey League, right? Anybody else there or watching on TV? I saw some church people there. Way to go. So here's what caught me off guard. I knew I was going to be moved. I knew it mattered to me that I was sitting next to my 13-year-old daughter who's a hockey player. I knew that it would matter to me to see all the young kids who were there who, for them, this is just normal. This is how it is. There is professional women's hockey. But what I didn't count on was the puck drop at yesterday's game because Guess who walked out on the ice to drop the puck yesterday? Diamond Miller and Lindsay Whalen. Now, if you follow women's sports in Minnesota, you know these are two stars of the Minnesota Lynx women's basketball team, right? Diamond Miller is absolutely a rising star. She just had an unbelievable first season with the team. And Lindsay Whalen is a retired star from the Minnesota Lynx. And there they are together, 
walking out on the ice. You can tell they don't know what to do on ice as they are, thank goodness, on the carpet. And they keep looking at each other when it's time to drop the puck. And they, they're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know? And finally, the captains from the two teams come out and they're like, <laughs> but there they are, right? There they are. They don't even know what they're doing, but they are there to lend their success to this new forming league and team. They are there to open a door to make space by showing up and thereby making room for more people to show up and come in and thrive as well. Now, these are some big moments that are captured, you know, in front of thousands of people with lights and cameras and all of that. And those moments are absolutely important. But we have moments like this in our everyday lives all the time. Moments when by what we do or don't do, we are opening a door, we are making room for someone else to show up. I'll tell you just one more hockey-related one. I promise, this is the last one. Friday morning, this is just an everyday moment in life, right? It's Friday morning, my daughter, the hockey player, has decided that she would like to cross over the Minnesota Rite of Passage and become a 6 a.m. practice person. So now, Friday morning, 6 a.m., we're at the rink. This is her choice. I'm here to support. And we signed up, and the first practice was this past Friday. It's at a rink we don't usually go to. Being who we are, we're up early. We're there at 545. We're sitting in the parking lot. There's nobody there. It's completely empty. It's totally dark. And she starts to get nervous, understandably. Is anybody else even going to show up for this? Is the door unlocked? Like, did the people come to get the ice ready? I don't know. Do I really want to do this? I don't know where the locker room is. I'm not sure what to do. She starts to get nervous as nobody is there. And so she comes with, up with a really good idea. And she's like, okay, we'll just sit here and wait. We're not going to be the first ones at the door. We're going to wait. And when somebody else comes, we'll just follow them in, right? That'll be our way into this. And sure enough, 5.59, the headlights start pulling into the parking lot. The place fills up. And her nerves turn into movement. And she gets out of the car and grabs her bag and follows those folks in. And together, we all find the locker room, because it turns out a lot of the people there are new. And they go out on the ice, and they have a good time. And it turns out somebody's parent even brought donuts. And it was a huge hit, right? But a lot of things went into that being a success, right? The coaches showing up, the workers showing up, the parents showing up, the kids showing up. Everybody deciding to show up for themselves and for each other. They made room for themselves to show up and grow. And in doing so, they made room for others as well. That's just an everyday moment. But it happens for us here at church. It happens in so many places in our lives where we're just looking, we're just waiting for somebody else to go first. And sometimes we're the one who goes first. Or maybe we're the one looking and we follow along. Another everyday moment, right, Maybe some of you have heard about this. It kind of went viral in mid-December. It was the political science professor, Alexandra Middlewood, and she had a post on social media that got a lot of attention. And this is what the post said. To the student in my Monday morning class who nods as I talk, please know that you are the backbone of this class. <laughs> you are the one keeping us going. You are the real MVP of this class. Now, it was cool to learn a little more of her backstory and that moment, right? She had been part of the whole cadre of teachers who are out there who have had to teach online and then teach in person or teach both at the same time. And she had had to transition her class from being entirely on Zoom to being this mix of in-person and online, right? And she was trying to keep people engaged during a 75-minute lecture that way. This is really hard. She's masked, the kids are masked, or the students are masked, both you know, when they are in person. And she said she noticed one Monday morning this guy out there in the classroom who was wearing a baseball hat and a mask, and all she could see were his eyes. And there he was, nodding along. 
nodding not just to say, hey, I'm paying attention, I see you, but she said he was like nodding emphatically, like really nodding along. Say, and what she got from that was, I'm with you. I hear you. What you are saying to me matters to you. And what I am trying to convey is making an impact in your life. And she said that she saw that happening, and it changed her right there in that moment. It reinvigorated her, she said. It reminded her of why she loved teaching, because this is what she taught for, was this kind of connection and impact. And she has gone on to say, you know, this is something we can all do for each other. We're all in meetings or classrooms or different places all the time. We can pay attention. We can nod in our own way. We can say, I see you. What you're doing matters. We can do that with each other, in our families, in our classrooms, at church, so many places. We can show up. We can nod along. And we can make room for others to show up as their full selves that way, too. Now, here's another example, everyday example. So I've been going to addiction recovery groups for almost 30 years now, and I have learned a lot in these groups about showing up. These groups happen all over the world and all over the city, hundreds and thousands of times a day, different languages, different places, different styles. Nobody's paid to be there. This is all people showing up to help each other, and there are so many different opportunities to pitch in and be a part of. If you are someone who is brand new to the group there for the first time, you will hear right away and hopefully experience it too when people say, you are the most important person in the room. Whoever is new, whoever is daring to show up with whatever hurting or hope that they have, they need to be met and welcomed because we need that from each other. The new person, the most important person in the room, that space offering up real-life tools for folks to choose from about what they want and need to use to improve their lives and to be part of the world in a better and newer way. And if you've been to any of these group meetings more than once or twice, you will hear the next thing, which is, if you've been here before, you have something to give to the person who's coming in new now. You already have something to give if you've been there once because you know where the coffee is, the bathroom, you know a little bit about how things work. You can turn to the new person and say, welcome, and you can show them the ropes a little bit. You already have something to give. Maybe you can set up and put away chairs. Maybe you can make the coffee. Maybe you can make a donation. Maybe you can show up, which is, in fact, the most important thing. Because I'll tell you, if you show up for one of those meetings and there is no one there, that is not a win. We have to be there to open the doors, to be a welcoming presence. We have to show up for each other, especially in those moments when those among us are hurting or hoping or trying to find a new way. Recovery doesn't work when you're alone, and church doesn't work alone either. We have to show up for each other. Now, the reasons we arrive here may be different than in some of these other examples I have given. But to me, church is a whole lot about creating community and connection and care, about giving what we can, receiving what we can, and growing together. There is something here that we desperately need for ourselves and for our world, this love that we talk about, this love that has the power to change our lives and our world. We need this. We need a place where we can remember who we are and what we are hoping for, and we need to hold each other to it, to be here for one another and remember what we are about, what we are aiming for, and how we are going to get there together. We need to be able to celebrate together when we have joy and success and mourn and grieve together when things are hard. We are not alone. We are holding it together here. Now, of course, we will not always show up for each other perfectly in community, not in our families, not in our friendships, not in our larger world, not here at church. We will make mistakes and we will miss the mark. That is part of being alive and being human. It's the next part that can matter so much. 
Are we going to move further away when that happens, or are we going to try and move closer together? Are we going to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to feel what we feel, to say, hey, that hurt, and to try again? Are we, when we are the ones who's caused the hurt or missed the mark, are we going to let shame go and show up to listen and really hear what the other person is saying and work on our own change and growth? There are sayings out there about, you know, when you're on the edge of something, it's real easy to critique. When you find yourself on the edge of the circle, right, it's easy to see what's wrong, how you don't fit, what could be better. When you move into the center of that circle, you start thinking of yourself as part of the solution to whatever you are seeing as not quite right. How can I help? I am uncomfortable. How can I help make it better for somebody else? What can I do? How do we move into that center? That's what we're about here at church. Of course, we need breaks sometimes, but then we need to be brave again too and to move closer to the center, to be in this with each other. It's as simple as this. Showing up is the foundational building block of beloved community. We have to be here with and for each other to build beloved community. Showing up is a really, really important part of that deal. So I'm going to get very, very practical with you, and I will never probably ask you to do this again, so it's a one-time deal. If you are a person who has your calendar on your phone, I would like you to take your phone out. All right, we're going to do this together. There are so many opportunities for us to get connected and to move into the middle here at church. If you're already doing all these things, awesome. Use your phone or do it later to invite someone to join you. Invite someone to join you anyway. It's more fun that way. All right, we're going to have some slides now with some opportunities for ways to get connected. Step one, come to church. Hey, how about that? You're already here. You're winning. Um, next Sunday, January 14th, 10 a.m., this is going to be a special service. This is our Remembrance Sunday. It's a time when we hold grief and loss together in community. It's a time that would be a really great idea for you to invite someone else in your life who you know has experienced grief and loss, which is all of us, to come join you. You can sit together. You can be in it together. Come to church next week, 10 o'clock. January programs. There are so many of these, it's impossible to put them all on a slide. But lucky us, there's a packet out there. You can learn more. You can scan this QR code and sign up for these. You can meet Ashley downstairs in the social hall after the service, and she will help you get signed up. What else we got? Community dinner next week. Okay, community dinner, 6 to 8 on Wednesday, taco bowls and brownies. Um, RSVP by Monday. <laughs> and if you don't RSVP, come anyway. But please, it really does help us get an idea of how many people are coming. So these community dinners are all ages events. Food and everything is free. You can make a donation if you want. There are opportunities to connect with people you don't know and people you do know. Come join us for community dinner next week. Invite a friend to come with you. All right, what else we got? Daytime Connections, this is for older adults during the day. It's Thursday, January 18th, 10 to noon. And I'll just put a little plug in here. Our Minister Emerita, the Reverend Kate Tucker, is coming to lead us in this conversation about unfinished business. It's going to be great. Show up for that. Sign up for that. We don't prohibit younger people. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's welcome. All right, next one, please. All right, Saturday Sprouts. This is for folks who are families who have kids in fifth grade or younger. This is an opportunity to come together for mutual support and connection on Saturday mornings, and the kids will have opportunities to engage together too. Join us for Saturday Sprouts. All right, next up. All right, this is a big deal. Many of you are making this happen. The Spiritual Practices All Congregation Retreat. This is on the 21st, okay? A couple Sundays away from now. And there are going to be opportunities during this time to try out different spiritual practices. There'll be two sessions that happen. You can make two different choices, try something new. This is led by you. 
members of the congregation are leading these spiritual practices and bringing their gifts. It's so cool. So sign up, invite someone to join us. All right, next up, Circle Suppers. I know many of you have been waiting for the return of this. This is some, an opportunity to gather in smaller groups and have dinner together. And to do that once a month, February, March, April, am I right on that? Again, organized by you. So there'll be a kickoff January 21st at 5 o'clock here at church. Sign up. This is a great way to meet people in a smaller setting. All right, what else we got up here? Uh, Habitat for Humanity. You want to really make room for other people? Build them a house. How about that? So we have build days. January 27th is our next one coming up. Anybody 16 and over can join in and help out. We have build days once a month for the next several months. All right, and last two, I promise, at least I think so, congregational meeting, January 28th. We do a mid-year congregational update about where we are on our goals, our finances, what's going on every winter. This year, we have a special need and opportunity. Our very own Jill Braithwaite, who's a member of our congregation, has asked First Universalist to ordain her into the ministry. You get to vote on that because that's how it works. Congregations vote to ordain ministers. So come. We need you to come and vote if you are a member. Also, there's food, and you can learn more about the church. All right. Last and not least, um, you probably knew this was coming, make a financial gift. Now, I say this because many of you know, you maybe have received a letter in the mail that says, hey, we are running a budget gap this year, like just about every nonprofit and religious institution in the country. And we have said to you, if you are someone who participates in the church, what we really need is about $300 per person in order to close our budget gap for this year. Now, we know that this isn't possible for everyone, and that is just fine. In fact, if none of that is possible for you, that is okay, because we're in community, and we can do it for each other. So if you can give more than that, in addition to what you've already pledged, awesome. That will help take care of this for other people and make this space available and open. But I'll tell you, if we want to be able to say yes when a family comes to our doors in the middle of a Minnesota winter, we need to be able to have the lights on and the staff here and people here to meet them and say yes. We need each other to make room for one another, to make room for others, to make room for the next generations we haven't even seen. So here's my invitation to you. Be the head nodder. Be the first one in the door to help others find the locker room. Show up to one of these events. Invite somebody else. Maybe you even get to be Billie Jean King, which would be super cool. <laughs> Beloved community isn't something that just happens. We have to show up for it. Without us, it is not possible. So I invite you to please show up with me. Show up together so that we can keep on making room, not just for us, but for others as well. May it be so. Amen. <laughs> some love across the sanctuary from that window all the way to the folks who are sitting on that side and we're gonna do it don't do it yet but by holding hands and squeezing the hand from one side of the church to the other of the person next to you now if you are a person who does not want to hold hands that's okay we respect your boundaries but what that means is that you have to find another way to connect with the person next to you and pass the love. And you're going to have to find a way to connect anyway because the love has to go across these aisles. <laughs> okay? Um, if you are online, it is also your job to find a way to pass love from one person to another in the Zoom room. Okay? Shall we try it? So those of you who feel comfortable holding hands, please hold the hand of the person next to you. Oh. Aww. 
And if you don't want to hold hands, just like think in your mind how you're going to make a connection and create some kind of gesture that you send to the person who you are sending love to. Do we all feel ready? If you're at the end of the line on this side of the building, you may begin by squeezing the hand of the person to your right. Sometimes love needs a little help along the way. <laughs> hey, what are y'all in the balcony doing? This is not a spectator sport. You need love, too. So does the pianist. Yeah. Can you send some love to Glenn Thomas? He works very hard. Oh, look at that. Oh, and to me. Right? Okay, I got to check. Did we get all the way to this side? Have you all felt the love over here? Okay, can we all turn around and face the cameras and send some love to our, our family in the Zoom room? You can release hands now. If you got the love, you, you keep it. Even if you felt like you passed it, you, keep, you kept a little bit for yourself to take with us through the week. sing our closing song oh wait no there's another hymn <laughs> we'll sing sanctuary together please rise and body your spirit sanctuary. We are sanctuary for each other, making space by our very presence for each other to show up, to know love and connection, to live with love and hope in the world. If you are new with us, please join us after the service for a place to start, a chance to learn more about the church. It's an informal conversation. Come on right up here. Join us online. Join us downstairs for coffee hour. Make some new friends and have some conversation. Meet up with Ashley and sign up for some things on a line so you can be there over the next few weeks. 
Join us next week at 10 a.m. for Remembrance Sunday and bring a friend. Together, we build this sanctuary of love and hope for each other. Join me. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org slash donate to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.